We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome to RotoWire's Wednesday NBA DFS podcast, sponsored by FanDuel. I'm Joe Bartle, and joined alongside me again, as always, Mr. Ben Miller. I say Mr. Ben Miller, but we might as well make me Mr. 250, because once again, I lost to you in the FanDuel competition. Once again, I hovered right around that 250 point range. No, it feels like no matter what I do, I cannot get this right. I am I'm in all sorts of a, a tizzy right now as to how I can make my lineup better. It's getting frustrating. If Ben Simmons did not leave that Monday game against the Cavaliers early, I would have beat you. I do believe I would have gotten closer to crossing that 250 threshold. And frankly, if you were following our Twitter accounts prior to us announcing the news, if I would have just stuck with my gut and used Andre Drummond, Mr. 70 points fan duel Andre Drummond against the Celtics, I would have been just fine. But of course, none of that happened. At this point... I think you're just in your own head. I like, am in my own you head. Are, you are so in your own head, it's it's ridiculous. Um, but yeah, no, I'd say Simmons probably hurt you the most of every of anyone. I think he had um, like he had 30, 30 fans, yeah, which course, is not, not horrible, 30. but for a 10500 price, that kind of kills you. The argument that we had on the show Monday was that I won LeBron James, you won James Harden. That really didn't end up being a bad play in either direction. Right. We talked about how it would have been difficult to get both those guys in my lineup. I really did try. After all the news that we had about the Warriors, after all the news that we had about Ben Simmons and everyone else with the 76ers, I tried to get James Harden LeBron in there, and I felt like it hurt the depth everywhere else. Right, yeah. And that ended up being the case. Clint Capella was another guy that we both liked. Did okay, not great, because James Harden was absolutely monster in the first mm-hmm. quarter. Not even the game first quarter, right, James yeah. Harden. Like 30-something in the 32 first 32 Fanduel points Ridiculous. in the first quarter. So, you know, you take some of these lessons, you learn from them. I felt good about 
LeBron that ended up being the case. He still is carrying that Cavaliers team as they're going on their ninth straight win as of Tuesday. Was there any takeaways overall that you had given all the injuries? Because we also have a Wednesday slate here where there's 10 games and a lot of key people either already out priced appropriately or we're still waiting information. Anything that you kind of took away from that? I would say, I mean, it was tough because I, I, I kind of missed, both of us kind of missed on some of our cheaper price guys. So Caspi being um, one of Caspi, them. you know, Trevor Booker wasn't great. Um, there's a couple different guys where they really didn't have the, Kyle the outing. Kyle Quinn, too. Yeah, I think Lavert you had, he was solid. Yeah. But, um, it's all about, th- that, that makes me think that you may not want to stuff your lineup with top price guys because, I mean, it, it's hard to hit on value plays. It's more that if you don't hit on them, your right. lineup completely suffers. Oh, absolutely. As you yeah. pointed out with Ben Simmons, again, that injury, I really think, impacted the fact that if he gets 40 to 45 Fandle points, which he's on pace to do before that, that's a different equation. Yeah. That you're paying for 10000 Okay, it's not great to get him 40 or 45, but that's a, that's a difference between really cashing in a 50-50 or not, in right. my opinion, those 10 or 15 points. So we still have to monitor that by Gruth, what you're saying, and of course— my lineup is going to be completely different of that. <laughs> Just like we did Monday, with all the injuries taken into account for Wednesday's 10-game slate, we will also be tweeting our lineups again. I think that you kind of talked before, Air, how you don't like this slate overall. I'm of the completely opposite opinion. I love it. I think there's a lot of value plays, but there's a lot of things that we're still trying to figure out as far as who's getting hurt or who is hurt, who's coming back to play. First of which being the, War- uh, the Warriors-Golden State guys, Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, they both missed Monday's game. We kind of anticipated that. They both participate in shoot-around Tuesday, so now I think, at least I think, they're of the opinion that they're going to be playing Wednesday, but we don't know for certain yet. That's a 10.30 Eastern time tip-off game. We might not know prior to, but we did get the benefit Monday of knowing you know, well in advance that those guys would be out. Yeah, because it's the Lakers, you know there's always a chance the, the Warriors just go, oh, screw this, you know, we're going to beat them anyway, <laughs> sit them out. Um, but I, I agree, they practice Tuesday. This seems like a situation where they're going to come out and play. Do they play the whole game? Uh, it's questionable, um, but it's the Lakers again. They're they're going to get their points either way. You know, if, if Durant only plays three quarters, he's probably still going to drop. Injuries 50 were reversed. If Steph Curry was dealing with an ankle injury and Kevin Durant was dealing with a hand injury, I would be a little more skeptical of either of those guys playing the whole game. But really, Curry with his hand, he'll tell you when he's ready to play. Right? Yeah, like if he's playing out there, I feel I have full confidence in that fact. That he needs, obviously, well, every NBA player needs his hand, but I think Steph Curry in his game even more so needs two operational hands to be (laughs) moving, given his skill set, kind of, I mean, he's quick, obviously, but the handles that he has is so reliant on that. If his hand is injured in any way, especially against the Lakers, there isn't any point in that. So if he plays, I feel confident using him. If Kevin Durant plays, I also feel confident using because the Warriors really do need to utilize him, and they don't want to have a lingering injury to his ankle. If Curry and his ankle were a problem, obviously we know Curry's history is with ankle injuries, I would be more worried about that, and I would take every precaution possible, given your star player has a reoccurring ankle injury. I'm not so much worried about that with Durant, and really... FanDuel appears to be because his price is kind of pr- where you could use him. I mean, he's been in the 11,000s and previously we're sitting at 10,500 right now. It's like, oh, okay, I like that, especially if you're assuming he's going to play like I am at least 30 plus minutes against the Lakers tonight. So, so of the two, you're probably thinking you'd rather go Durant over Curry? I would. I just don't, I don't feel, and we'll get to it. It's kind of one of the, the themes of our Wednesday podcast. What do you want to do with that point guard spot overall? I don't feel confident about using a high priced point guard as it is. I would rather use Durant at 10,500 yeah. than Curry, who's hovering around that range. I think Durant's going to give you a little bit more promise, especially against the Lakers squad that really 
it's susceptible at point guard, at least Fanduel wise, but also small forward too. Yeah, and so, I think that price point is especially you know. It's right. I really alley. like that. I right really like alley. that price for Durant. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I agree with you, and I, that's really one of the takeaways I think that you need to take in mind. Hopefully, we'll find out more information about their status. Both of us are trending towards thinking Curry and Durant are playing. But regardless, again, we will be tweeting out our lineups come closer to the 7 o'clock Eastern time tip-off as to what we will be going with. Another guy to keep a monitor on, we've talked about already before, Ben Simmons and his injury stats. That's another 10,000-plus price guy. Really came back to bite me in the butt Monday. Yep. I don't know. I don't know if he ends up playing Wednesday because he was an injury stats entering Monday's game, and lo and behold, he gets hurt being an injury stats guy on Monday. I think that they actually take a precautionary and they did, they don't play him. I think he ends up sitting out, which means more TJ McConnell. Yeah, this seems like it's going to be a true game time call from what we're hearing this morning on the, on the Rotowire news. Um, but if he does sit out, I, I actually do like the slate a little better. You know, as soon as McConnell becomes you know available for me to use, I like that a whole lot better than what I'm going with right now uh, at my point guard slot. And um, McConnell had like fifty something Fanduel points the other day when he started in, in in place of Simmons. I think it was two games ago. Yes, two games. Um, so he had a, he had a monster game. Then I would I would love to get a, a mid price guy like McConnell in my lineup with you know a huge starters workload. Here's the thing though. I don't really feel like he's mid-priced. He's at sixty four hundred. I right, understand. Right. I understand what yeah. mid-priced is. Literally by definition, sixty four hundred <laughs> makes McConnell mid-priced. I understand that. I don't know if he's he. I mean, Fanduel has priced him appropriately. Definitely. You're right. He scored yeah. fifty three point nine points two games ago against the Magic. The Warriors, different circumstances. Obviously, Simmons did play for some of that. He still got twenty seven minutes. Only had twenty two points. Yeah, that's the concern that I have. If he's a five thousand guy, this is a no brainer. And he honestly probably should be a 5,000 guy because they did not know that Simmons was going to be a game-time decision until right. now. Yep. He is priced at the point where it's like along with Darren Collis and Lonzo Ball where you're expecting to get 30-plus minutes, and they very well might not. If Simmons sits out, though, I mean, it's, it's a guarantee McConnell will. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're right. But, I'm, not, I'm not as high in that one as you are. I understand, again, where we're going with this point guard position overall. What do you want to do? That will be a big talking point for Wednesday's 10-game slate. Another talking point that I think we really need to address right here in the opening part of the segment, what do you do with the center position? Ben, five guys are priced over 9000 on FanDuel. There are only 11 players total priced over 9000 on FanDuel. That means a little under half of your high-priced options are at center. And guess what? You have a conundrum everywhere. Of course, we have Carl Anthony Towns. Of course, we have DeMarcus Cousins. And of course, we have Joel Embiid. Those are always your three highest-priced center options, and all three are playing Wednesday. What in the world, Carmen San Diego, are we supposed to do at the center spot tonight? I'm not going to lie. This, this is tough. Like <laughs> Of those top guys, there's there's two or three where it's like, okay, well, that's a good matchup. I like that. You know, I, like, I even like Drummond against the Suns. I yes, mean, please. Oh, Jesus. Like, everything up there. But at the same time, we got Clint Capella. Who's you know you drop a, about two thousand you know you gain two thousand he's only seven and he's facing the Pacers squad that allows the most points to center spot right so at that you know as soon as you look at that I I almost have to you know drop down I love paying down at center when I can I like Clint Capella it's tough for me to say that because of how many good options there are above it um, and I think there are some other positions like we're gonna talk about again that you can pay down for as well to to get a higher price center. But I still I still like Capella, and I still like paying down at least a little bit. I like Capella, too, but maybe it's just because I'm in my own head, like you mentioned earlier in the podcast. Maybe it's because I just am embracing the Mr. 250 <laughs> name tag at this point. I'm going to go higher at center. It's not something I normally like to do. I made the mistake with Drummond on Monday. 
I'm not going to make the mistake again. He will be in my lineup regardless if there's any changes that occur closer tip off unless he's of course hurt which right, we don't know right. obviously that's not gonna be the case going against the sun's team that it's gonna be a little bit of high uptame high octane performance i he's not gonna get 70 fanduel points i no, recognize no. that but i want him in my lineup against the sun's team i'm going to pay up i don't mind paying up for cousins if you want to go that route i don't mind paying up for Embiid if you want to go that route this really will be a decision as to what you want to do at the center spot will drastically affect everything else that you're going to be having for your lineup. Yeah, and if I'm paying up, I, I agree completely. Drummond's the guy I'm going with. I I, okay. I I think he's he's the best of the top four. You know, between him, Cousins, Embiid, and Towns, I like Drummond the best, especially, you know, because it's the Suns, which never right. hurts. Yeah. Exactly. We've been teasing this quite a bit, what we're going to be doing with the point guard, shooting guard, small forward spot. That will be one of our main questions we get to. But let's first talk about the injuries and uh, time slots for each of the games. Suns, Pistons, we just talked about Andre Drummond, 7 o'clock Eastern time tip-off. No real injuries to note from the Suns side. John Luer, he's been a DFS asset at times. I don't really, I wouldn't really think about him in this case, but he's a game-time decision with the ankle. Thunder, Magic, obviously Russell Westbrook is one of the 11 players that are priced 9000 and over. He has been on a roll lately. I'm not going that route, but if you want to, by all means, go ahead because there really isn't any no- injuries to note for the Thunder side. And Jonathan Isaac, only guy on the Magic side that's going to be out. Wizards 76ers, another 7 o'clock Eastern time tip-off. This is an intriguing one because we know John Wall is going to be out for at least another week with that knee injury. Tim Frazier has been starting in his place, but Ben, Tim Frazier isn't the DFS guy to own. He's priced appropriately, perhaps too much so, given that he doesn't really do that much for FanDuel. Yeah, it, when he first when, when Wall first went out, I was were pretty confident it. Frazier was going to be it. a guy that, that could have that that big, solid you know 35 FanDuel point game as, as a fill-in. But you're right, there's... Someone else in there that's kind of stealing all of his minutes. Do you want to say his name? Uh, I believe it's Tomas Sadoransky. Yeah, that's see, there you go. You were learning. <laughs> now you trailed off at the end when you said a name you didn't know. You said a little bit too quietly. Yes, <laughs> you have to say it more confidently, regardless if we know or not. Tomas Sadoransky. Yes, exactly. there we go. Yep, yep. He is seeing a bigger workload. He's 3,500, and he's been getting more minutes, more points than Tim Frazier, who's around the 5,000 price tag at the point guard spot. To me, this is one of the few areas where FanDuel just messed up. But does that I mean does that timeshare scare you off a little bit between not the two? One bit, not one. Oh, bit. I'm terrified. I'm not. I, I think that Sonoroski is the better player than Frazier at this point. Yeah, yeah. And so long as John Wall is out, I'm taking him in my lineup at a 3,500 price tag. You're just gambling with potential at this point. Right. Frazier is giving you no upside whatsoever. I'm rolling on that side and just going with everything else. That's a value play in my opinion. That if you don't want to pay up for point guard, you might have to look in that direction. Whether it be Frazier, whether it be Sonoroski. I feel pretty good about using one of those point guards with the latter being the one I'm going to roll with in my lineup. If you need a salary break, I get it. If you're playing in a tournament setting, I get it. I just I don't know if I'm willing to risk it. I, I get it's a high risk, high reward type of situation, but I just the timeshare there just That's why they I call can't. me Mr. 250, Ben. <laughs> I can't do it. That's why they call me Mr. 250. <laughs> I am confident rolling with this one. I'm going to go ahead. We know Ben Simmons, of course, on the 76ers side is a game time decision with the ankle injury. Talked a lot about TJ McConnell, Nick Stauskas, who I really felt like at the time was a, an absolute trade disaster when the Kings sent him over to the 76ers. He hasn't done much for that team. Anyway. No, it no. was more about the first round right, pick they right. acquired. Uh, he's not a DFS asset anyway. He will be out with the ankle injury. 
Heat, Knicks, 7.30 Eastern time tip-off. No injuries to note, surprisingly, for the Heat. And his Cantor, who you've been on before as far as a, a DFS asset. And more importantly, his backup, Kyle O'Quinn, will be a game-time decision. Cantor will be a game-time decision, not O'Quinn. O'Quinn has started the last few games. He's been okay, 25-30 Fandle points. He did have one good game mixed in there. Instead, if Cantor's out, do you utilize him as another cheaper option at center? I like it. I, I like him a lot. I think his price may have... Upped a little bit. I think I used him on Monday. Yeah. He had like 25 fans okay. points, which was okay. Yeah, yep. nothing special. But I do think he's he's a guy that can get a double-double pretty quickly. So if he's cheap and Cantor's out, I have no problem at all paying down for paying down for him at center. I just don't think he gets a double-double against the Heat. That's, that's the right. Yeah, you do have the white side there. Matchup. And yeah. we didn't even talk about him as a, a center high-priced option that we like. He also has a good matchup. I feel Definitely. really good about white side getting a double-double against Kyle O'Quinn, or really Cantor, too, for that matter. Yeah, Cantor's not really a defensive guy, so I could I could easily see He's defensive on Twitter, some. though, and that's all that matters. <laughs> hey. He had a great he had a great one with King James getting thrown out in his first game that ever as an yep. NBA professional. Uh, but that has no DFS relevance other no, than no. we just love Cantor, so kudos to him. Hornets, Raptors, another 7.30 Eastern time tip-off. Big injury to note here. We already know of it now, so that's great news for DFS owners who are setting their lineups well in advance. Kemba Walker will be out with a shoulder injury. However... Who starts, who plays more, are two separate questions, I think, in this case. Michael Carter-Williams, the Rookie of the Year, obviously, prior to that, and really hasn't done much other than that, will be the starting point guard. It's already been announced. Do you think he gets starting point guard minutes, though? That's a different question entirely. I think he does. I do. I, I'd be comfortable paying down for him at point guard you're not paying down though ben that's the question it's, he's another five thousand I mean, mid-priced guy that's that's paying down for for a starter's workload I, I know you don't necessarily think he's getting that starter's workload i don't know i don't so my my thing is obviously he came back from injury he's played now for uh, 10 12 games at this point he missed a few in between that stretch he has not seen a game over 20 minutes since the beginning of well, November. I mean, 11, right. we're looking at 11.07. He played 20 minutes. Not coincidentally, got 21 Fanduel points that game. I wonder if it's not Malik Monk. Why not Malik Monk is my question at this point. And I think, honestly, I think both could have value. I, I agree Malik Monk is the young guy that you might as well play him, give him the experience. What what the heck's Michael Carter-Williams going to gain from this? It's not like he's your long-term guy. So I get that for sure. I think I think that makes sense for Monk being the the better option there. Um, but I still, I still think Carter Williams is going to play like twenty-eight to thirty minutes. You know, not that's not saying that Monk's not going to get those minutes. Um, I, I still, I still do think that Carter Williams could be a, could be a solid value-ish play. I know he's five thousand something, but that's that's decent at, at the point guard position. All right, so I guess this really becomes down to who do you want to use of these two, Michael Carter Williams or Tyus Jones, who's been coming in for Jeff Teague. We'll get to that injury in a little bit, but. Tyus Jones, 5,300, a point guard spot. Michael Carter-Williams, 5,200, a point guard spot. What I didn't mention with the Malik Monk thing, and I think is very important, is that he's actually listed as a shooting guard on FanDuel. So you get the price break of the 3,500 for Malik Monk in there, and you get to choose whether you want to pay up for shooting guard or pay completely down. I think that's important to know. But Tyus Jones, Michael Carter-Williams, around the same price, likely to get the same minute total as long as Jeff Teague is out again against the Pelicans. Which one do you like more of those two? Of those two, definitely Tyus Jones. That's what I, I think thought Jones too. has had a, multiple games in the past few that have been really, really solid, and um, I'd be more comfortable. I think he's the safer play between the two. Absolutely, that's, yeah. I mean, maybe that's again Mister Two Fifty talking yeah. safer play. But I mean, Tyus he's, Jones, he's got. I think he's got just as much upside too. So I, I think it's safer, and he has got you know just as much upside. Thirty-eight minutes, thirty-nine minutes, thirty-eight minutes, thirty-two minutes. Those are Tyus Jones' last three games that he's played. Not coincidentally. 
all over 30 Fanduel points in that time span. Obviously, Jones isn't going to be scoring very much. He won't be scoring very much against the Twin Towers and the Pelicans either. I understand that. You're asking for a bit of assists. You're asking for some rebounds. I think he's going to give that to you more. I like Tyus Jones much more than I like Michael Carter-Williams, even if he gets 30-plus minutes, which... You're right. I think he's probably due for that. I don't know how much they really want to give Malik Monk. And even if they do give Monk 25, 30, 35 minutes, there's still going to be another guard out there. I think Michael Carter-Williams gets close to that. I feel better about Tyus Jones than Williams, though. Yeah, he's, and He's the safer play. And with the two twin towers, I mean, maybe they even have to give Jones more scoring opportunities, kind of avoid throwing it into the post and, and avoid Cat and, and uh, Gibson is a little more than usual. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that could that could also help. Pacers, Rockets, 8 o'clock Eastern time tip-off. We were high on Victor Oladipo if he were to play. I just don't think either of us thought he would play on Monday. Of course, he did rule. He was active. And boy, oh boy, did he play. He really, I think, single-handedly killed our Darren Collison love. That was one of the guys that we liked on Monday quite a bit to be able to pick up a lot of the action. And Oladipo went off. He's a game-time decision. He played Monday. I have to assume he plays Wednesday against the Rockets, right? Yeah, he he like made his first 11 shots of the game on Monday, which was absolutely ridiculous. And you're right, that did kill Darren Collison's value twofold. Uh, I would think he plays. I mean, if it's if it's a recurring type of injury where it's it's not hurting again, maybe he sits out. But I, I agree, you know, he just played the last game. So it seems more precautionary than anything. This is a tournament play to play all tournament plays. 53 fandom points again Monday. We weren't high in that. Then he had a, t- a game against Toronto where he had 25. And then against his former team, the Magic, he had 73.3 Fanduel points. What are we going to get from Old Depot is the question. And again, I'm going a bit of a safer route if I were to pay up for the shooting guard spot. And I'm going all the way in my lineup again for James Harden. But if I want to pay a little bit down there, Victor Old Depot at 8,400 or Bradley Beal at 8,300 becomes a very, very interesting question because Beal facing the 76ers. I feel better about Beal long-term, or at least this game, than Oladipo, despite what we saw and despite what I would assume to be another high-octane matchup against the Rockets. Yeah, I think Beal's floor has been a little better. Oladipo's been a little less, you know, consistent. Um, and I I, I, really, I don't know. I don't know why I just don't like that price for Oladipo. I, that just seems so high. I mean, obviously, he's been playing really well, so it's right. probably validated at this point. Um, I, I, if, if I'm... Going between Oladipo and Beal, though, yeah, I agree. Beal's the guy I'm, I'm kind of shifting towards. We already talked about Jeff Teague, but the Timberwolves Pelicans, 8 o'clock Eastern time tip-off. He's a game-time decision with the Achilles. I think he's missed the last three games now. We get Tyus Jones, been starting his place. I don't anticipate Teague playing this to go around, but if he does, this is going to be a drastic thing in my lineup. So again, this is why we are setting our lineups, tweeting them out, 7 o'clock Eastern time tip-off. We're going to be right around there when we put our lineups out. I, I don't feel good about Teague playing. But if he does, you brought up a good point off air. The Timberwolves have been playing a lot of minutes recently to really seven or seven or eight guys. That's about it. Teague comes in. I think Jones still plays, but Teague's going to be the guy that gets most of the minutes in that case. Definitely. And, and with Teague's stat, he, they waited all the way up till like right before tip off before they they announced Teague's status. So that's that's tough because it's not the first game on the slate, um, and I would expect them to do that again. So that's going to be a very risky situation if they don't you know announce it before um lineup locked but then but, but you're right we were talking about before where um these guys are playing over 40 minutes in the last few games without without Teague and in Bielitsa it's like like a seven-man rotation and these guys are playing 40 minutes so when this is the second night of a back-to-back that scares the crap out of me well and you brought Bielitsa he's gonna be a game decision with the foot if he's out, we don't again. We don't know for certain yet, and we probably won't know for certain until right. really close tip off. Yeah. Taj Gibson gets more minutes. Gorgie Yang gets more minutes. 
Yang's not a guy I'm really into at this point, but I think Gibson is certainly a value play. My one, my concern is, is he that much of a value play given Anthony Davis, DeMarcus Cousins are going to be bothering him all game? Right. No, yeah, that that is a situation. Not only the minutes, but you're right. That's a tough defensive defensive matchup. I don't know if I'm willing to willing to use you know Gibson because of Gibson's going to get 35 or 30 to 35 minutes, and at his 5100 price tag, if I don't want to pay up a power forward, I don't see a better option out there. You're getting 30 to 35 minutes. I bet you have to get around 25, 30 Fanduel points, especially given a lot of that offense is going to be for the Pelicans is going to be moving around the paint. So that means there's opportunities for blocks, there's opportunities for rebounds, there's opportunities for steals. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but you certainly are given all the opportunities in the world, given that Pelicans team and how they like to function on offense. I would say a lot of Gibson Gibson's value comes from his boards, and I'm not necessarily sure he gets those with davis and cousins in there so that worries me a little bit um i i don't i don't see myself using him i I would not recommend him personally because of the minutes second you know game of a back-to-back and he's got a tough matchup i i'm not feeling that play i pelicans are literally middle of the pack in terms of how many rebounds they allow to that power forward spot gibson whether he plays power forward center i think is kind of trivial and certainly against the pelicans where cousins and anthony davis are kind of interchangeable at that spot too but the pelicans allow 10.7 or 10.8 rebounds per game to that power forward spot again middle of the pack so if you're talking about gibson's value well it doesn't seem to be drastically hindered or helped yeah. in that sense even against the twin towers in that in that case moving on to the next game we have the grizzly spurs 8 30 eastern time tip off mario chalmers game time decision tyreek evans andrew harrison could get more minutes i think that's a bigger deal if you want to pay up for shooting guard but not pay all the way up for james harden but i don't think either of us really care to do that i think evans would be a big beneficiary of chalmers's out but we're probably not going to be the beneficiary of that at this point. So I'm, I'm not so much worried about that. Mike Conley out indefinitely. Obviously, Wayne Seldom out. Brandon Wright out. Tra- Chandler Parsons is probable. You know, I'm not really sure what that means. Kawhi Leonard right. is already out with the quad injury. Rudy Gay is probable. Any of those guys scream that you need to use DFS-wise? Not really. You know, I, I've liked Chalmers a lot lately at his, his mid-tierish price. But, you know, when he's got an injury, kind of avoiding that. Evans, I could, I could definitely see Evans being... A guy that you know kind of goes off if Chalmers sits out. I mean, he, he could go off with Chalmers in the game, um, but he's, he's yeah, he's getting expensive, getting I, expensive. I'm not sure I, I can I, I want to pay for approaching that, that nine thousand territory, and that's great because Evans is really scoring quite a bit. Yeah. He's had a, a recent hot streak as well. I'm not sure I want to touch that when we have a Bradley Beal against the 76ers, yeah, exactly. especially with John Wall out too. I think that to me presents a much better matchup. Nets Mavericks eight thirty Eastern time tip off. Alan Crab. A guy that I picked up in the, well, I'm going to call it the League of Extraordinary Stupidity. That's the <laughs> RotoWire 20-team league going oh on right here. And it's not stupidity necessarily. We have Kevin O'Brien, who is our manager here at the office and is very good at all things fantasy, but particularly basketball. He won last year the League of Extraordinary Stupidity, and he's in first place again this year. I'm trying to catch up. I'm in fifth place. I picked okay. up Crab looking for the three-point shooting, and naturally he's going to miss all the games this week, or it looks to be that case because he's game-time decision. Joe Harris started in his place Monday. Carlos Levert really was the bigger play. And Isaiah Whitehead scored 24 points on Monday too. So who becomes the biggest beneficiary if and when Crab is ruled out? I still like Levert. I do. Whitehead came out of nowhere. I don't know what the heck that was. He had only played in like five previous games this season. Um 30 Fanduel points for him. That yeah, that really just came out of nowhere. I I do not feel comfortable trying to use Whitehead again. He I, played I don't. 27 minutes, and really all of his Fanduel points came on the points because he only got three rebounds, three assists, one steal. That was that was it. 
Yeah. Otherwise, you're right. Whitehead has not done very much. Other. And it, I, may, it may not be directly related, but I mean, Damari Demar- Carroll sat out that game as well. So that at least added more minutes, you know, for Whitehead to, to play and Carroll's back. So I don't know if he sees that 28 minutes. He's 3,800. At a point guard spot where, again, I've been talking about paying down if, for whatever reason, you don't feel great about Sidoransky for the, the Wizards and you you think that maybe Frazier gets more of those minutes, fine. I understand that. Well, here's a guy that's only 300 more, and at least with my current lineup set, I have a 1,000 in savings that I'm just waiting to spend on somebody. This could be a situation where if you felt risky, if you felt like a tournament play, Whitehead's not a bad option. That was 10 times the value last yeah, go-around yeah. in what really ended up being a random occurrence. I think Levert is the safer of the two options, but they don't call me Mr. 250 for nothing. <laughs> I think that this could be a situation where Whitehead might not be the worst play at all. I, I think that's okay. I mean, look at Ronda House. Jefferson's unlikely to play two, so that means more Trevor Booker from that Nets side. They're going against the Mavericks, who are certainly not any world beaters in the Western Conference. Right, right. It's going to be an ugly game. It's going to be a, a shrug your shoulders, close your eyes. Whitehead could stumble in 25, 20 final points again. Yeah, no, it's definitely possible. I'll give you that. <laughs> definitely possible. I'm not, I'm just, I just can't do it. I can't do it. He's, I'd rather roll with Levert or something like that. But at point guard, if you absolutely need someone cheap, maybe, I, yeah, I can't. You don't do have it. the stones for it. I understand. No, That's no, fine. The cojones are not there. Uh, I feel good about it. <laughs> and I say good, I feel not very good really at all. Uh, of course, Nerland's Noel. <laughs> Game time decision with a thumb injury. He hasn't really been playing all that much, which I find surprising for the Maverick side. Right. But because of that, not really a DFS guy. Seth Curry still out till mid-November. The final game on the 10-game slate, we've been talking quite a bit already, so obviously we'll rush through this Warriors-Lakers because we've addressed it at the beginning of the podcast, both Durant, Steph Curry, game time decisions, but they practiced on Tuesday. This leads me to, I think, what should be the biggest question for your FanDuel lineup where do you want to pay down at point guard, shooting guard, or small forward? We've listed a bunch of different options, particularly at the point guard spot, some at the shooting guard spot. There's some mid-tier options and truly mid-tier options, like 5,000 plus yeah, yep. at small forward that are intriguing as well. You want a price break somewhere. I don't know if it's necessarily a stars and scrubs kind of day. I think it is. You don't, but we can differ on that. Where do you want to find your value at when it comes to our FanDuel lineup on Wednesday, 10 games going on? I'll first off say... I'm paying up at shooting guard for sure. Like, there's there's not a lot in the depths of shooting guard where it's like, oh man, I, I like that play. I know you mentioned Malik Monk, but other than that, man, there's there's nothing out there. So it's it's going to be either between point guard and small forward. I honestly feel more comfortable paying down at small forward. You know, there's guys like Courtney Lee and um, Jonathan Simmons. You know, there's 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 a couple guys down there in the depths that I like a little better than what we're seeing at the point guard spot. There's point guard, you know. The guys that are like four, three thousand seem all a little, little more risky than what what I'm getting at the small forward um, spot. I do like the mid tier. I will say I like the mid tier of the point guards, and that's where you know I, I don't know if that's exactly what we're saying with paying down. Um, You're cheating, but it's fine. But I like I like the <laughs> mid tier of the point guards, and, and I'm planning on paying up at shooting guard, power forward. Um, so I think. I'm kind of paying down at both. If if we're, if I was going to say if you're cheating, I'm going to cheat, and I'm going to say that. I- Point guard and shooting guard is the two areas that I'm going to pay down. And I'm going to kind of split the difference, I think, with the way my lineup is constructed right now. And that could change because, again, we'll be tweeting out our lineups close to the 7 o'clock Eastern time tip-off. Tyus Jones, Sadoransky, those are the two guys that I'm looking at. And they're obviously both under 6K, which I would consider paying down. But I also have Malik Monk in my lineup. It's more so that I think James Harden, if he's not a must-play, he's a pretty darn close to must-play. And Bradley Beal, if I could find a way to have three shooting guards in my lineup, would be a must-play, too, against the 76ers. I think that he adds a different dimension, especially with John Wallet. I feel very confident using him. 
There are some mid-priced options that are interesting. Carlos Levert was one of the better ones on Monday. He's still 4800 priced, given how aggressive FanDuel has been yeah. pricing the, the the point guard options. I'm surprised Levert isn't up higher. Batum, he has been struggling with that elbow injury, but he's at 5800 with Kemba Walker out. I feel like that's an interesting name, too, to watch. Danny Green, you know, three-point shooting wise, okay. Tim Hardaway, we have been high on him before. He's sitting at 6100 against the net, uh, a Heat team that, for the most part, good defensively, but... Hardway, one of the main scorers on that team. So I think there's some mid-priced options at shooting guard if you didn't want to go all the way down to Monk. But you're right. As far as true depth options, point guard presents it much better than shooting guard right, and small yeah. forward. Yeah. Uh, I, I, so I think that kind of addresses the main question we had overall. Do you think it's best to just go, go to our lineups and kind of talk about where we could see them changing as we are yeah. progressing through it? Yeah. Okay. All right. So obviously, again, we'll be tweeting out our lineups. You can follow me at JB Fantasy Sports. Ben, of course, we can follow you at Ben Man Doing Work. Still the best Twitter handle at Rotowire. We'll be getting to that around seven o'clock Eastern time tip off when we know for certain as many injuries as we can get. That being said, I think we could still get some information from what we had in the lineup set. Now you weren't high in this slate. You're going to be higher on the slate more as we find more of the injuries. So, who do you have a point guard at the moment? I'm going uh, Spencer Dinwiddie and um, Dennis Smith. Uh, kind of opponents here. It's a crappy matchup. Ooh, okay. I think that kind of benefits both of them. Um, Dinwiddie, his price is is okay. I wish it was a little less. You know, seven thousand. That's not horrible. Um, but he's a guy. He's had he's had multiple forty Fanduel point games already. You know, he's only seven thousand. He was up in he was up at seventy nine hundred. You know, a couple games back. So that's a great price break against a Mavericks team that's not going to do a whole lot defensively on you. I think that's a solid play at point guard. Not you know paying down too much. Um, so I think that's a solid price. And with Dennis Smith, that's a little less, a little, a little cheaper, um, fifty eight hundred. Still a guy that that plays a lot. You know, it's the Mavericks. They're they're crap. Um, they're going to want their young guys to get the ball as much as possible and develop. So I'm fine with you know taking a risk on Dennis Smith at fifty eight hundred. Who he's had multiple you know solid yeah, outings. It's not like he's a, a, a poor play. No, like no, normally. no, that's that's a great tournament play. That's a great potential yeah, yeah. play, especially especially on the flip side of that going into Spencer Dinwiddie, who I don't think of as a defensive stalwart by any means. Right, right. You know, I, I'm a little concerned about the seven thousand price tag, but the more you're talking about seven thousand nine hundred, which he's at previously, it's like, okay, well, I understand that. I think it might be the name. I think it might be the Nets. There's just something <laughs> I don't want to pay right, seven thousand right. for Spencer Dinwiddie. I, I would rather go to a nine thousand for Curry or a nine thousand plus or Chris Paul than go that route. Or I want to go the other direction entirely. So Dennis Smith at fifty eight hundred. Okay, I get that. Tyus Jones is at fifty three hundred for me. We already talked about uh, McConnell too at fifty two hundred. Yeah, or not McConnell's at sixty four. Yeah, I'm talking about Michael Carter Williams at fifty two hundred. Those are all the mid five thousand price guys. I get them. I, I get that. I don't want to do the seven thousand. Just push me up higher if that's the case if mcconnell's if simmons sits out mcconnell is a guy i will switch to okay you know he's only he's at six thousand something between smith and dinwiddie who i'm switching out that's to be determined i do not know okay um, but I, I will switch to mcconnell if if simmons is out all right and we've already talked about the guys i'm using at point guard i already mentioned uh tyus jones sadaronsky i think if that's uh if i if i'm feeling brisky that's the way i'm setting up right now i guess i'm putting him in my lineup just to say i'm not worried yeah i'm not worried about tim frazier i'm not worried about the 76ers I will utilize him if I think he's the best option, and that might or might not be the case given all the injuries that we know could occur by 7 o'clock Eastern time. Malik Monk, again, my other shooting guard option. I feel better about him than Sonoroski. They're both 3,500 price tags. 
for the point guard and shooting guard spot, respectively. I am paying up for James Harden, and this should echo in the Mr. 250 Stars and Scrubs lineup of the day because James Harden is one of three guys that I'm in my lineup that are over 9000 At 12200 I understand he's high-priced. That Pacer team is garbage. True. And they yeah. allow scoring everywhere. I feel good about that. I understand that there is a risk that he could be taken out. You were talking about, we were, well, actually you said on Twitter, he had 32 fatal points Monday, and you're like, I hope he plays past the third quarter. Yeah, yeah. He did play good. He didn't get nearly as many points later on. I think that he's probably going to be closer to 50 to 55 fatal points, but I still want that potential. Right. I hate that he's 12,200. I think that might be the highest price I've seen like this so far since we've done the pod. I don't remember anything. He's at least gotten to 12,200 before. You think so? He probably hasn't gotten over it, but I think he's gotten to that. If I could, like, if I felt comfortable, I I would love to. I I love Harden. He's been one of the most consistent, easily, of of all the players, you know, that that have been out there. Um, I can't do it because of that price. I. I've been trying this this year specifically. I've been trying not to pay up for these <laughs> these twelve thousand you know price guys, which kills the bottom of my lineup. Um, but I could I could see, definitely see a case being made for using him. I think it's interesting. I didn't even look at your lineup previously, but I had talked about Bradley Beal as a great option at eighty three hundred and Batum at fifty eight hundred. And of course, you have both of them in your lineup, so you yeah. echo my statement as far as those two being realistic options for if you don't want to go that James Harden route. Yeah, Beal Beal to me is the automatic play. If you don't do Harden, it has to be Beal. Yeah, Beal's almost never drops below 30 Fando points. He's got a super safe floor, no no wall. He's going to you know take more of the, the go-to, go-to responsibility there. So. No John Wall yeah. against the 76ers, 8,300. You're telling me he doesn't get 40 Fando points? Yeah, I think the, the Sixers were like, uh, give up the second or third most uh, you know points to shooting guards too. So it, it's it's a lot, of, a lot of stuff's going in his favor in that matchup. So I really like that. And Batum... It's the it's for me it's no Kemba Walker. Someone's gotta, you know, do a little more of the playmaking there. Carter Williams, does he do that? Yeah. Not as much as what Batum can do. So I, I do like Batum and he's only fifty eight hundred, so that's that's a very fair price for it's only for the concern is the elbow. Right. Yep. Obviously, I mean we've seen his play drastically drip since he came back. Yep. Not yep. drip a drop since he came back. and I think that Batum it, it's still it's still lingering. I think that something's affecting him, and that's the only concern I have. But with Walker out he might not have a choice but to try and play better. Right. 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 And I yeah, mean, obviously, no, you don't want to say, okay, you're an NBA player, play better, but that might be what has to happen <laughs> right. with Kemba Walker yeah. out. No other option at this point. Small forward, you chose to go mid tier priced. I respect that. Courtney Lee's been a guy I've been on all year as far as a mid tier price guy. The Knicks just simply need him. He is about as safe at 25 Fandle points as you can get given how bad the Knicks are at times offensively. He gets 30-plus minutes a night. I understand that. A guy I failed to mention Monday who I really liked quite a bit and just didn't find a way into my lineup, Jonathan Simmons at 4,600. He has been the starter for the Magic and indefinitely so, Yeah, said by the head coach Frank Vogel. I don't really know what indefinite starter means given how bad the Magic have been at times. But nevertheless, I think for DFS purpose, indefinite has to be a good thing. Absolutely. No, absolutely. Took over for Terrence Ross. Indefinite. Yeah, who knows what that means? It's <laughs> it, Once he loses 10 games, he'll switch back or something like yeah, that. It's something right. crazy. But I, I do like that play a lot. He's super cheap still, only 4,600. Getting the starters workload. He had 34 minutes on Monday. Um, so I expect that to be the workload again. And he's a guy that can fill up, you know, a little bit of everything. He, d- he plays defense. He can get steals. He can do get the rebounds, assists. He, d- he does a little bit of everything, which is why I kind of like him as a cheaper option. I agree with you, and he's also in my lineup. I did go Kevin Durant, 10,500, part of the James Harden, Kevin Durant, and Andre Drummond, who I already mentioned, trifecta of guys that I have over 9,000. I will say, though, of those three high-priced guys, I think Harden would be the first guy I would take out. 
and I would probably do some sort of switcheroo to try to get Brad Beal and your highest price player, Anthony Davis, into my lineup somehow. He's at 10,800 going against Taj Gibson. Obviously, I would take Gibson out in this situation over my power forward, who is Larry Nance as the second guy, because I have Gibson and Nance in my lineup. You have Davis and Booker, who we talked about a little bit off air, did okay Monday, didn't do great. I felt a good given what we got from him, but I understand where there was probably a higher potential for him to score than when he did. Yeah, they. Uh, I think they limited his minutes to like low 20s, but it was like the second night of a back-to-back, so I have a feeling that's kind of why they, they kind of held him in check there. Um, I think he had 40 fandom points the previous game, so... Um, he's got that kind of upside, and, and at that at that price, you know, the, the four thousands. Know, that's that's absolutely a guy I'm, I, I want it in my lineup. I, I agree, forty nine hundred. I'll take Larry Nance Jr. over Trevor Booker, though. I think that could be even a side bet that we have just between yeah. you and I. I think yeah. Larry Nance Jr. against a Warriors team that, well, they might be hurt, they might not be hurt, they might be playing, they might not be playing. I feel yeah. pretty good about Larry Nance. He was told he was one of the five best players. He was automatically back in the starting lineup as soon as he was healthy. We're getting a guy that will be getting 30-plus minutes tonight for under 5000 Just slightly under, but under 5000 I feel really good about that. There's a lot of value spots at the power forward overall, which is why I didn't feel great paying for Anthony Davis. I, I understand the reasoning behind it. He's the highest upside potential player of all the high, uh, of all the higher-priced guys, but I just don't... He's just he's averaging fifty fando points. The the Timberwolves don't do crap against you know opposing opposing power forwards. Yeah. They give up a ton of points there, and it's not like his give, price tag is extremely crazy. Given the crazy. workload too that yeah. you've already discussed and rightfully so that the Timberwolves are going to have um, entering this back to back game. I understand where the the, the lure comes from using against a guy like Gibson. I just don't. I, there's a lot of other value plays, and that's the only reason why I don't want to use Anthony Davis. There's a lot of other value plays at the power forward spot, and there's a lot of value plays at center too. I mean, Andre Drummond, 9400, is my guy going against the Suns. I regret not playing him on Monday, obviously when he went off for 70 Fanduel points. Clint Capella, who you are using in your lineup, and who we both used. Well, I think both, right? Yeah, yeah. We both used on Monday. Great value option as well. Pacers obviously allow a lot of points everywhere. I still expect that to be a high scoring matchup. It's a matter of if you want to pay up because there are a lot of other centers. Joel Embiid comes to mind too as a guy that you could utilize up top that you are forfeiting when you play a guy like Capella for 2,000 savings. Andre Drummond, Hassan Whiteside, there's so many guys up there that I think I just... I think I just you know took the easy way out and yeah. paid down, so I didn't have to choose between the the higher price guys. Honestly, <laughs> that's, um, but that's no, I really true. do. I do like Capella. I think that's that's a very good play. You know, like you said, it's going to be a super up tempo game. It's the Rockets. You know, mm-hmm. um, Pacers are give up the most points to center. So um, if I'm paying down, that seems like the most reasonable. And that's not even paying down. There's guys right. like Kylo Quinn that right. could be available to oh, exactly. actually pay down yep. if Cantor's out. But I agree with you. We're going to be paying up in the sense that I think I want a guy seven thousand over in my lineup. Now there's seven guys that you could choose some, for, so good luck with that one setting your lineup. <laughs> yeah, right. There's a reason why it's a ten game slate, and I'm yeah. Mr. 250. Uh, but I, I think that I think that Andre Drummond does better, but maybe not better in the sense of the value that Capella provides. We'll find out. We'll find out. Come well, probably midnight, yeah, or so, or around right. tonight, and <laughs> figure out. Okay, yeah, or, yep. Drummond was not as good a play as we thought he would, or whatever <laughs> else. But we'll get to that again. We will be tweeting out our lineups. Closer to 7 o'clock Eastern time tip-off for a lot of these games. You can follow me at JB Fantasy Sports. I'll be sending out the link as well, so it'd be very easy to follow my Twitter yeah, handle. But yep. you probably should be following Ben, Ben Man Doing Work anyway, if not for his Badger hot takes, because obviously you're all aboard the Wisconsin Badgers. Absolutely. You think, of, along with many people in Madison here where we're located, that the Badgers should be in the college playoffs. But more importantly, you should be following him because he does have the best Twitter handle at RotoWire. 
And if you feel like you want to tweet him, great. But if you want to comment on iTunes or Stitcher as well to let him know how great he is at picking his fantasy lineups, that's fantastic. We love those compliments out there, and it really does a lot to boost our podcast coverage as a whole. So please continue to keep sending those in. And obviously, we love FanDuel as well. I mean, what can more can be said about that? We've been doing every podcast now, Monday, Wednesday. It feels like I don't even know if we're supposed to anymore. At this point, I have no <laughs> idea if we're supposed to be doing positive reads for FanDuel or not. That's just how good they are. They like, are we have to yeah. continue doing it. They're, They're fantastic. So many different features. You know, we got our friendly competitions that you don't have to, you don't even have to pay for. But I mean, when you do want to pay, there's there's so many different you know brackets for you know one dollar, five dollar, two hundred. You can do whatever you feel comfortable with. So I really like that. And there's different strategies with fifty fifties tournaments. It kind of kind of makes you switch it up a little bit. I just wish they'd stop aggressively pricing my point cards that I like. That's <laughs> right. the one thing. Right. Stop doing that, FanDuel, please. For the love of God, I want to use McConnell under 6,000, please. Uh, if you want a free six-month World War subscription plus a free entry into the NFL, a Sunday Million Dollar Maker, which, as it states, has over $1 million cash prizes, you can go to fanduel.com slash RW with your first deposit to FanDuel, and you'll get that free six-month World War subscription. You'll get that free entry into the NFL Million Dollar Maker. And, of course, this is void war prohibited, but you'll also get a chance to listen to me every Monday with Joe PCP on the NFL Tune in. DFS podcast and John McKechnie and Joe PCP every Friday, who give infinitely better FanDuel advice for NFL than I do. I just more get to recap stuff. I get to say, oh, yeah, it's really he surprising that Leonard Fournette didn't run for 50 yards or whatever else. So it's great. Go ahead and listen to both of those guys. Obviously, John McKechnie, Joe PCP do great work on the NFL Sunday podcast. And we'd love to see you guys listen to us and tweet at us for our uh, NBA coverage. Again, we'll be tweeting out our lamps once more. We're on the 7 o'clock Eastern Time tip-off. Uh, JB Fantasy Sports and Ben Man doing work. We'll be giving you our NBA laps come 7 o'clock Eastern Time. That's about does it for us. I think we'll be back again Monday. Hopefully less injuries to note. Hopefully more right. winning on my side. We'll find out if Let's I can make cross. make this easy for us. We'll cross that through 50 threshold. We'll find out. We'll see. All right. We'll do it again uh, Monday. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.